Welcome to the Fresh Fiction Podcast. My name is Danielle Jackson-Dresser. And I'm Gwen Reyes. This is the podcast where we talk about what we're reading, watching, and listening to. This week, we're talking about our favorite fantasy pop culture and chatting with prolific fantasy author Jennifer Eastup about her illustrious career and her new book, Conquer the Kingdom. We're also going to go over our goals from last episode, set some new ones, and share what's been bringing us comfort lately. So how's it going, Gwen? It feels like we haven't chatted, but we have. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it feels like so much time has passed. I was thinking the same thing. I feel like um, our schedules have been so crazy that even though we have been recording, it's been very business-like. It's like, okay. Yeah. Like we get down. Yeah. We we get down to it. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, um, spring is almost here and I'm springing out of here for two months soon for oh uh, different events and things coming up. And Cliff and I are also planning a move in the middle of all the craziness happening right now. Wow. So it's been, um, it's been busy. It's been yeah. a little hectic. It's been weirdly busy here. It's like school stuff. Like af- I feel like after winter break or really I'm thinking, cause we had president's day off and it yeah. was, and Ivy had an extra day like they tacked on a teacher's institute or something, or no, she had president's day off. And then a week later had like a teacher's institute day. Oh my so goodness. she had like back to back short weeks. Uh-huh. And in fact, this was funny. She was like, what, what even happens on a teacher's institute day? And I was like, I don't know. Ask your teacher. Like we, mm-hmm. it was, no one knows it's a mystery. I don't think yeah. teachers are allowed to tell us like they, I don't know what secret things they're doing, but, you know, they don't tell us. It's just, yeah. like- <laughs> I feel like that's a perfect plot line for an episode of Abbott elementary. It's yeah. like the secret like, behind teacher to institution day. Yeah. Cause they go to school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they go the to school. Students aren't there. <laughs> no. And it's like, they're either doing extra lessons maybe, or like, I don't know. It sounds like, it sounds made up to me. I think they're just going to a spa day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't blame them. They need it. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, like last week. And in fact, I was so busy last week, but I wasn't even, it wasn't even like work stuff. It was mm-hmm. like, on Tuesday, my mom invited me over with her friends to play Mahjong because my mom is obsessed with Mahjong. In fun. her retirement, she has started playing Mahjong. It's fun. It's yeah. so confusing. It's so confusing. Is she good? Is she good she, at Mahjong? She, she's still learning, but of course, like she gets it because she's a genius and I'm yeah. not exaggerating. My mother is like very smart. Um and let's everyone know it, um, <laughs> you know, but so I did, I played Mahjong on Tuesday. I'm looking at my calendar. I'm play, I played Mahjong on Tuesday. Um, Monday, we did, we did an interview. Mm-hmm. I was, so Monday, we did the interview Tuesday, Mahjong Wednesday. One of my really good friends came over and we just like have kind of like a day of visiting yes, nice. Thursday. I did everything that I didn't do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. you know, and then Friday, Ivy was out of school, you know, it's so, and then Saturday, yesterday, as we're recording, I had an event at Love Sweet Arrow with Melanie Johnson and Sonali Dave, who were both guests oh, on the podcast nice. yep. and towards like when we rebooted the podcast or so towards the beginning, you know, and then today after I get off of here, I have a book club. Like, it's just like, what's happening? Busy. Oh I my know. goodness. Next week, I don't like- have anything. So I'm like very happy about that. Are you? Because I do look forward to like having like a little breathing moment or you're like, no, yeah. I don't know what to do with myself. No, I'm excited because because it, it always happens this way where yeah. everything happens like in a concentrated bit of time and mm-hmm. then nothing. And I was like, I don't, I don't know how this always 
happens. Always to me. happens. Yeah. So yes, it's like I'm I, ready. Yeah. <laughs> I always feel like I get in that mood of like planning stuff and I'm like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. I'm already doing something on that Wednesday. So I might as well do something on that Tuesday and that Thursday. It's totally fine. And then like that week comes due and yeah. you're like, oh, oh no. What did yeah, I do to oh, myself? Why did I do this? <laughs> no, I it agree. was, it was a lot of fun. It was busy, but it was like, yeah, I'm like, okay, I need awesome. this like week of not doing anything. So I love that. That sounds so fun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know that I won't go play Mahjong like by like with someone else. Like, I, mm -hmm. I think I need my mom there to like tell me what to do, because that's basically what she did. The three other the three of us who came and were learning, I'm mm -hmm. like, making air quotes learning. Yeah. My mom was literally just telling us what to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. She's she like, I would do this. Like, and we were like, <laughs> oh, really? Because I was going to do this. She's like, you can't do that. And we're like, how do we know? How do you know this? I don't know. Yeah. Your mom's um, just making up the rules as she goes. That's, that's the way that's the way of the Mahjong. It's just the rules just change. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that is kind of how it feels. What has been one good thing you've achieved this week? Okay. So I was very, very sick most of this week. Yeah. So I'm going to say getting over my sickness and oh my gosh, yes. um, cause I was like, I can't think of anything other than just like the fact that I survived this week. So yes, I was getting over it, not having to miss too much work still working 50. I was sick on Monday and Tuesday, Danielle, and I still worked 53 hours this week. Oh my gosh. When? <laughs> I was like, no. okay, that's wild. But yeah. So, um, yeah, I think getting over my sickness, not having it long, like last too long, yeah. feeling better, feeling human, drinking coffee. Mm. That's a huge achievement. Cause you know, you're sick huh. when you can't have coffee. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. So since last October, Ivy and I, my eight-year-old daughter and I have been reading the trade volumes of the Lumberjanes series, mm -hmm. which is by um, N.D. Stevenson and who created it because N.D. Stevenson only did like the first few, I think of the, because they did come out as comics and then, you know, they bound them together into trades and mm -hmm. released them as graphic novels. So there are 20 trade volumes. So yeah, N.D. Stevenson, sorry. And Shannon Waters created it. And then they have had like people kind of come and go and different illustrators. It's really, it's such a great series. It's like a middle grade paranormal yes. fantasy-ish series that takes place at basically it's kind of like a Girl Scout camp, but they're called the Lumberjanes and they mm -hmm. just, you know, encounter paranormal beings. Like it's, re it's really fun, very feminist, like very intersectional feminist and, you know, just human rights. And it's very cool, very queer, very awesome. Like we absolutely loved them. Love so yeah, it. there are 20 trade volumes, two extra story trade volumes, and then three independent graphic novels and so we finally finished all of them. All of them. That's <laughs> and yeah, incredible. We, yeah. And we started last October. And so it's kind of like when it, they're there at, um, you know, at the library or we can like, we could um, bring them, transfer mm -hmm. them in from other libraries. So yeah, it's been really fun. And I know like Ivy has really loved them. And so it's, it's like fun to share that with her. Yes. So, yeah. And now it's like thinking about if you guys do another little reading experience like that over the summer. I know. Oh, that's, that's a cool. good idea. I know. I yeah. So that's, that's been really fun. <laughs> <laughs> Does Ivy like to reread or is she like one and done? She really, yeah. She likes to reread stuff. She's one of those, she like reads a book and finishes it. And then like two days later starts it again. Oh, wow. Because okay, um, like yeah. we went to the library last week and like I knew we had like we have these last few volumes. Um, they're like sitting on my desk right over mm -hmm. there. But 
she checked out the first one <laughs> again of the lumberjanes <laughs> and i was like oh i kind of want to read them too but i was like no 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 you like you need to move on but yeah. like yeah she she rereads but also she's constantly reading which is like you know, like my work here is done. Like I need, I exactly. needed her to be a reader. So yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> okay. I'm going to tell you a story. I'm digressing. Mm, yes. Yesterday, my, my family, you know, my roommates were like, what are you talking about the podcast tomorrow? And I was like, oh, we're talking about fantasy. And Ivy was like, what is fantasy? And I was like, uh-huh. like, I didn't know what to say. Like, I was like, oh, well, it's kind of magic, but also not, but sometimes, yeah. you know, like, it's like, when you start to talk about it, you're just like, what is fantasy? Mm-hmm. And then, cause then I started talking about, so I was like, well, that's kind of paranormal, isn't it? And then, and so it just, I thought we could talk about like maybe the yeah. difference between fantasy and paranormal, but I feel like we are just going to confuse ourselves, which is fine. Yeah. But um, I think it's always important to establish um, rules. So it's perfect. Yeah. So I put a couple of like analogies kind of like, you yes. know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is paranormal, but Game of Thrones is fantasy. Stokey Stackhouse series is paranormal, even though there are there are like fairies in Stokey Stackhouse. Yeah. But then like Jennifer's, who we're going to talk to later this episode, Jennifer's series, the Gargoyle Queen series is fantasy. fantasy. So I think it's more like fantasy really is magical. Mm-hmm paranormal is like these beings just exist uh-huh like it's not like because of magic yeah yeah but then and like witches mag- have spells like see now i'm making it confusing well and i kind of think that witches can be in the fantasy world and vampires should be in the paranormal world and i and i and i think maybe it has to do with like the the being versus mm-hmm. like the abilities and so Ooh, i like that the you being can, versus the abilities yeah because mm-hmm. then you also have like cliff and i had a whole argument about the difference between science fiction and fantasy because mm-hmm. i was like well star wars i would consider as fantasy and he's like well anything in space is he considers science fiction and i'm like well no science fiction has to have the central element of science and so you just kind of go down these just these different little rabbit holes of what all of these elements could be and all these different genres can be and right no and at the end star of the day, wars I was going to say Star Wars is an excellent example because you think it's science fiction, but mm-hmm. like the force is not science. No, it's not science. Yeah, the it's magical. It's like the essence of, you know, humanity yeah. or whatever they say. Um, right. And at the end of the day, like the the central point of Star Wars is not the science behind it. It's that force behind it. It's the fantasy yeah. behind it, the magic. Okay. All right. We're getting somewhere. We're getting and then <laughs> I put this in because I was doing a Google, you know, mm-hmm. like very, you know, thorough. Uh, yes, Googling. exactly. <laughs> but I was like, where do you put superhero movies and yeah. comic books? Like in comic, I think comic bait, like the storylines in comics, because I think superhero movies are fantasy. Mm-hmm. I would agree. But they have elements of paranormal and, and science fiction mm-hmm. thrown in. All in there. Yeah. But to to like have these magical beings, these, mm-hmm. these um, you know, superheroes, you already kind of have to have this like fantastical world that everything lives in. And because yeah. then you also have like urban fantasy. And I kind of feel like superhero yeah. movies would dip a little bit into an urban fantasy almost. I would. I I we were talking about superheroes and I was like, there's that quote it's from Thor. I think it's from Thor, but it's like magic. Magic is just science. We don't understand yet, Mm -hmm. which then throws everything for a loop because it's like, Oh, well, can they prove that it's 
science, but we just don't get it. We don't have the terminology. We don't have the terminology for it yet to explain it. But then I think of like WandaVision and Wanda figuring out she's the Scarlet Witch. But I mean, it wasn't because she was like given those powers in the lab or whatever. It was because it was there all along. It was already there along. So Mm -hmm. it's like, what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did that help? I don't think so. I don't know. Um, it's more confusing. <laughs> fantasy is just a fantasy. <laughs> right. Exactly. And it, it is kind of like, it can be like whatever you want, mm-hmm. but it does have to have, we'll get into the rules. Yeah. We'll have to get that. Into so yeah. Let's talk about our just blanket. Are you a fantasy fan? Yeah. So I think, and I think you and I both agree on this, like at the end of the day, fantasy is all about world building. And yeah. so whether or not you enjoy world building and spending time really getting into the delicateness and the intricacies of mm-hmm. a world that is fantastical, um, that's like a big, big part of enjoying fantasy. I think I like fantasy on the screen a lot more than I like it in books because yes. the like spending so much time <laughs> world building can be like mm-hmm. 500 pages. And I feel like sometimes it's just a lot of walking. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm like, I, what else are we doing? Um, so, and you, you have to, and you have to do that. You have to build the world. You have to have the yeah. rules. It's incredibly important. Um, but on the reverse at what feels natural and normal in a fantasy world on the page can come across as campy on screen sometimes. So it's like mm-hmm. really finding that delicate balance there. Mm-hmm. We, I was talking with some friends last weekend. We had like a, we were like, let's go old school and have like a pandemic brunch call. Cause like, we Ooh. just could not figure out how to get everyone together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I was like, that. oh God, can you believe we're this far into this pandemic? And we have like an <laughs> old school pandemic brunch call, but we were kind of talking about how, like, I don't like bringing she who must not be named brought up, you know, I don't yeah. like bringing her up a ton, but she did do a really great job establishing that world. Yes. Like it was seamlessly done in those stories. And for, and I, and I do feel like at least in that regard, like that is something that she, that, that was excellent in the way that series came out, especially those, like those first three, even the fourth book, like mm-hmm. really established everything. Yeah. And so we were, we were all like, well, what there have, there are other like stories that, are just as good. Like we just need to find them. So like, that's like our project, like our friend group project is to find like the fan, like middle grain, Mm -hmm. like fantasy series that we think would be really cool to read. I like fantasy, but I, it's like, if the first half of the book is just like expository Mm -hmm. and telling me like the systems of the world, like it's gotta be natural in the story somehow. And I, and I a hundred percent agree. It works better for me on the screen than it does in a book because otherwise you're just like, like I have to have a physical book. Like I can't have it on an e-reader. I have to be able to like go back and I need to see the map of the world because like, like if you were writing a fantasy series and you do not have a map in your front matter, I don't know what you and your publisher are doing. You're doing it wrong. You're not going <laughs> to doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> also Success maps are not so you. cool. They're so fun. Um, I love maps. <laughs> But yeah, like if, so if I get bogged down, like I just like, I'm like out of here, like mm-hmm. forget it, you know, yeah. um, I won't, and I won't come back to it. Cause I DNF yeah. so many stories that I'm just like, yeah. it's not worth it to me. Yeah. Um, but fun fact, I am a very big Tolkien nerd. I don't, most people don't know this about me, but I do talk about it. Um, the only reason why though, is cause I remember junior year of high school in mm-hmm. British literature class, we read the Hobbit. That was also the year the first Lord of the Rings movie came out. And we went on a class field trip 
and and saw it. And Love but it. I think the only reason why it stuck with me is because my Brit Lit teacher, Mr. Stone, and his like there was another English teacher, Mr. Farrell, they were such Tolkien fans and mm-hmm. they like held our hands through it. Like, so we understood it. Yes. And then in college, my senior year of college, you have to take, you had to take like a, an author, it was called like an author seminar where you just, you read everything by an author and like the North American representative of the International Tolkien Foundation was a visiting professor that year. And so I did my author deep dive on Tolkien and it was great. It was mm-hmm. awesome. Sorry, problematic people coming <laughs> this episode. But James Franco went on, the, I think it was still the Colbert Report, and tried to talk to Stephen Colbert about like all of the care. This is years ago, probably oh like gosh, yeah. 15 years ago. It's amazing because like he's like in there, he's like, no, I know Tolkien, blah, blah, blah. And Stephen Colbert just like lists like all the people from like the Silmarillion, the book no one mm-hmm. reads. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I have read more than once. And I was like, I could, I could go toe to toe with Stephen Colbert. Maybe not now, but like back then totally would have like went toe to toe with Stephen Colbert. So I'm going to find that clip and link to it. Cause it's really funny. I think you brought up a really good point in there too, with the yeah. story of like, you need with fantasy, sometimes you need to have sort of a guide or like a person yeah. holding your hand through it sometimes, like, or the yeah. encouragement. And sometimes that can just be the author, but it can also be your community of fellow readers. Mm-hmm. Who, like if you have your fantasy friends, like you can all talk about it together and yeah. it kind of just helps push you through that. Because I think about that with Star Wars, mm-hmm. my dad was really, you know, he was, you know, young, I think in his 20s when the Star Wars movies first came out. And then when they, they re-released, did they re-release them right before the new ones came out? Like, I just remember, and yeah. they like, put the new stuff in, which like, wasn't great, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, he took my brother and I, and like, we went and saw it on the big screen. And then we saw the new one, you know, the prequels mm-hmm. come out, you know, and, and he was there cause he was like into it. Like he didn't really get into like the books and stuff, but like, he was really into the movies. Okay. So let's, we've kind of talked a lot about this, but let's talk about like, what makes a good fantasy story to us? Mm-hmm. So I, to me, it's like, I like the elements of fantasy, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to like real or modern world. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of urban fantasy. I love mm-hmm. that. Like, but I, I love like Buffy the, and maybe it's because Buffy the Vampire Slayer is such a formative um, story to me and yeah. like such a big part of my pop culture uh, just foundation really like I I really always go back to storytelling that comes out of Buffy the Vampire Slayer again a third a third person who's very problematic Joss Whedon um oh man what are we <laughs> doing just, why does fantasy, what is up with fantasy what is like up with bringing the out all the weirdos right and then we got Rick and Morty too it's just like oh, no. oh hitting them all um <laughs> <laughs> sorry I guess Rick and Morty would technically be sci-fi I will I will give that one sci-fi um <laughs> But I, I think like, I just, I really do love urban fantasy. And I love that, like when you are able to bring those fantasy elements into a modern world, mm-hmm. um, I do tend to have a little bit of a harder time with the straight, just like medieval style fantasy where you're taking the, that that yeah. cold, that uh, time period and sort of just like adding magical elements yeah. to it. Because again, like I said, it's a lot of walk. I find it to be a lot of walking in the forest. <laughs> Yeah, um, for but sure. I love magical creatures. So anytime there's a talking creature or a magical creature in it, I'm I'm down. Yeah, no, me too. I do really like urban fantasy a lot. I think it's so funny to call it urban fantasy because like, 
again, like Sookie Stackhouse, I guess, could like be urban. Fan. You know, it's like it's set mm-hmm. in the it's set in our world, but then there are the magical elements to it. Whatever. Yeah. Okay, that's a that's a whole other like digression that I'm not ready for today. For me, it just it really has to make sense. It has to have clear mm-hmm. rules. I don't like when it's like the third act and like there's oh here's this loophole that like I clearly just made up because I wrote myself or I you know Mm -hmm. we created this scenario that we cannot get out of we cannot figure out a better way like that's just not fun you know so yeah I think but it's like if you mention that loophole somewhere in the storytelling even if it's like a very tiny throwaway line if it's there and that's part of like the the yeah the rules or of the world then that's fine but I think like when it just kind of comes out of nowhere and you're just like oh well they're the chosen one so they can do whatever they want he's like but nobody ever mentioned a chosen one at all but no one told us yeah right All right. So cool. We are like very much on the same page, mm-hmm. I think, when it comes to our fantasy consumption. Absolutely. All right. So let's move into, yeah, let's move into some recs. So let's start with TV. Let's do it. Um, I put on here. Now, this is probably the close. This is probably more magical realism mm-hmm. than anything. But I think magical realism is like a subgenre of fantasy. Agreed. I agree. Um, but I put the show Pushing Daisies, which is about a pie maker who played by Lee Pace. This was only on for two seasons, um, sadly. Perfect show. Oh my gosh, such a perfect show. But he has the ability to bring people back to life. He touches them and like he can touch, he'll touch like a corpse and it'll come back to life. And he kind of gets mixed up with a detective and he kind of helps him solve murder mysteries. Um, And of course he falls in love with a girl who unfortunately dies and he touches her and now she's alive, but he can never touch her because otherwise she'll die. Mm -hmm. Um, so it is, it's like very, like a kind of a tragic love story, but you know, they figure, they figure things out. <laughs> um, but, I, but it's, it's usually streaming somewhere. It's like, if you just want like a delightful little show, this is it. This is like a cozy mystery, but with magical elements. Like it's really great. I really yeah. loved it. Another one, and I'll hear like, I have not read these books, but I have gobbled up Shadow and Bone. What I like about Shadow and Bone is that it obviously has influences from the real world like the like things that have happened throughout history whether it's European history or Asian history and and I just think it's really interesting and and again like I have not read the book so I have I know the story is out there and complete like I could find out what happens but I'm not I gotta see what the darkling does this season Mm -hmm. you know exactly also the appeal of shadow and bone for the most part is is ben is ben Ben barnes (laughs) let's let's just call it let's just say what it is let's be honest (laughs) um okay then i thought once upon a time the the Uh, fairy tale based show shows those first few seasons were incredible impeccable the last three seasons terrible so much but those first three like Perfect. Um, so yeah, if you like fairy tales and not even just Disney fairy tales or like Disney fied fairy tales, like yeah, they do like do that. Everybody. Like, like, you know, when they like threw frozen in there, like, mm-hmm. and if you're whatever. a Sebastian Stan fan, yeah, he plays the Mad Hatter mm-hmm. and, uh, so, so dreamy. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Jamie and- Dornan's on it. Everybody's on that show. Yeah. So many, I forgot about Jamie Dornan. Mm-hmm. Oh played God. the Huntsman. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. So then there was a, a show also, it was called Merlin. I think it's, it started out on one of the BBC channels, but it came on over here as well. It may have been on BBC America now that I think about it. Um, but this follows like the Arthur, Arthurian legend, but it's always with a little bit of a twist. And it's really, it's really, really fun. I think there are like five seasons. Again, this is another one that kind of bounces around streaming services, but it's usually somewhere. Um, and yeah, and it's, it's, it's just, delightful and it's it's a little anachronistic but you know it is definitely like the 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 you know the the knights of the round table <laughs> mm-hmm. um and then finally the sci-fi series the magicians which i thought was just what it's like one of those shows that the more you talk about it with people the more they're like oh yeah i really like loved that show mm-hmm. um and this is set at so i did read the first book of the magicians which is by the series the book series is by love grossman and that is like said, I think they're in high school, maybe kind of going to college, yeah. but they age them up in, in the show because I mean, what they are dealing with, like they need to be grownups, <laughs> um, at least depicted on screen. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like they get into like a magical grad school and they each have their own kind of specialty and there are gods and goddesses and mythical creatures and they go to a different, they, you know, they leave the regular, like the, the human realm, like ours, our time. And then they go to a different world where they're kind of in charge, but not. And it's like, it's very complicated, but really, really, really good and really fun. Yes. Yeah. Those are my TV shows. For me, I'm really right now into on AMC. There's a new series uh, based off of the Anne Rice Mayfair witches series, which I keep calling. I'm like nine episodes into the show and I'm like, I don't know what is happening, (laughs) but, um, I think it's, I think it's that delicate balance of what we were talking about between like, is it paranormal, supernatural, Mm -hmm. or is it fantasy? And the reason I kind of lump it over with fantasy is because the magic is like, obviously so important to this world. Okay. Um, it's, it's incredibly central. The moment she gets into new Orleans, like that, that becomes like this whole, magical world this magical Mm -hmm. like environment for her where everything sort of awakens and and like there's this unexplained and it's all about the city so I think that that kind of again makes it for a fantasy versus like that paranormal um another example and this is not a great show but it's such a a good blending of um a fantasy and science fiction as Westworld the HBO series um which has I think four seasons out now um and I think that just finished but it, it it has you know, you, you go to this pair, this not parallel, you go to this like virtual world, this virtual West world where every rich people can kind of just do whatever they want. And then the beings be, become sentient and start to fight yeah. back. And so again, hitting that fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So this is, I was, I was putting this in for us to argue about it, to see what we think, but I kind of, yeah. I kind of wonder if the good place can count as a fantasy. I like, when I was doing like my little like my googling, my thorough googling, uh-huh. this did come up on mm-hmm. like fantasy shows or series and stuff on lists and I was like I mean kind yeah. of yeah. I think so. Right? Cuz it you know, it's another world. Yeah. And they Heaven. I mean <laughs> Yeah. And they, they create a whole new world mm-hmm. multiple times. Um, yep. Very hard, very uh, fast and hard on the rules. Like the rules are important yeah. there. So I kind of feel like the good place counts. I think um, yeah. And then obviously this one is again, yeah. got to have a hit on the nose, uh, house of dragon game <laughs> of Thrones. I actually did not finish house of dragon cause it was kind of boring, but I love game of Thrones. So <laughs> I will um, put them both out there as good examples and you can catch both of those on HBO max. 
Yeah. Um, I was, oh, I think, I think Westworld was one of those HBO shows that has just disappeared. Yes. Oh, yes. I don't it's think a they took that one off completely, which makes no sense. But no, they spent so much money on that show. It's <laughs> wild for them to just write, write off as a tax break. It's so silly. Uh, I don't know. Okay. That'll let's... be our future episode. Things that have gone, things that we remember that have just oh my vanished. Gosh. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Oh my goodness. Okay. Let's move into some movies. So mm-hmm. I put Lord of the Rings, the movies here for me, just because the books are just, they're not even like books half the time. They're like encyclopedias. I don't know. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, obviously you can't talk about fantasy movies without particularly the, the Lord of the Rings movies by Peter Jackson. I don't like to discuss The Hobbit because I don't know what he did to those. They were not great, but I watched them. But, you know, and this was one of those funny things because, you know, we're getting, we're like in the thick of award season. And I just remember when Return of the King did win Best Picture, it was really like awarding the The three of them all together, which, you know, and the books were intended to be one book, like one giant volume, but the, his, you know, Tolkien's publisher was like, no, we need to split this up. And, you know, that was a whole debacle as well. So there's that. Um, I put Encanto on here because we just watched Encanto for probably the 900th time. (laughs) No, but I mean, I think, I think, yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, we talk about Bruno too much in this house. Um, (laughs) we will not stop talking about Bruno (laughs) every day for the rest of our lives. Uh, we will be talking about Bruno. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I think Encanto is a really great, like example of kind of like a new fantasy, Mm -hmm. you know, and especially I think in this, the kind of the way the Disney, particularly the Disney studio movies have turned away from like the damsel in distress fairy tales and have taken these fairy tales in a new different direction. And, you know, this one was so rooted in family, which I think magical families are always interesting to explore. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I had to put in content on here. Um, And then, so I put labyrinth willow and dark crystal like all together (laughs) because I think they're all kind of the same movie in my mind, because I think I watched all of them like, yeah probably within like months of each other when I was like seven or something. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I mean, you know, the, the great, like, I think the underlying thread with those three movies in particular are the Jim Henson puppetry and just like the really cool vibe of those, like those movies all have like the same like dark vibe that I'm really into. And I, I was like, oh gosh, I think it's time. I think Ivy is ready for these movies. (gasps) Yeah, she's ready. So, oh, that's exciting. And I know there's like the new, I think all of these have not Labyrinth, but Willow and Dark Crystal had like series. Yeah. And the so, Willow series on, on Disney Plus is very good. Yeah. I've heard excellent things. So I think mm-hmm. it's time for us to explore this. Let's see what she, because, you know, we go from Encanto to like dark fantasy. Like, we'll yeah. see what happens. Well, we'll and then you have to happens. make the decision of like which one's the least scary. I feel like Willow is probably the least scary. I think Willow is probably the least. Yeah. Dark Crystal. It's funny because it's all puppets, but it's yeah, like, it's the scariest. It's, it's really scary. It's really scary. Um, <laughs> yeah. So maybe, maybe I need to watch all of these. It's like, oh, <laughs> darn, I have to watch all these movies Research for my child. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> then another like dark fantasy dealing with children, Pan's Labyrinth directed by Guillermo del Toro. Talk about a wild movie and like mm-hmm. the themes and like fascism and, such a, and yeah you and know such a like, master of fantasy like I think Guillermo de Toro oh yeah, and to your so point good. of Encanto too like Spanish and Mexican directors and and storytellers really have such a a fascinating take on mm-hmm. on fantasy that like 
is so exciting to be able to tap into now. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. That's a great, that's a great point, Gwen. Um, and then finally the princess bride, because yes. I mean, that's a movie we have watched with Ivy. She loves it. And, mm-hmm. and I love it and I'm not going to talk about it too much because I won't stop. So yeah, As you wish. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> All right. What are your there, mo- oh. Do you think there could ever be like a remake of the princess bride? How would you feel about that? I would not feel good about a remake, but I believe they are talking about are they talking about a remake or are they talking about like continuing it? I think it was like a continuation. Like okay. They were bringing everybody back. Like yeah. continuation. That was alive. Fine. But you know, but like a remake. No, like no, take, no. get your hands off. This is absolutely mm-hmm. perfect movie. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I am jumping ship a little bit over yeah. to uh, Mad Max Fury Road yeah. is my first mm-hmm. uh, fantasy pick because like, I don't know. I don't really know where Mad Max Fury Road kind of, I mean, obviously it's like a straight drama, but it, again, it has like the world building is so important. You have mm-hmm. to just sort of like jump into this and be yeah. accepting of like, okay, there's no, these are just the people left over. There's no more water. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Okay. Right. So like all of that things established and, and just, yeah, I, I think that it's a perfect modern futuristic mm-hmm. fantasy. Good example of that. Like so um, weird, so weird, but also so weird. Could not take my eyes away from it. It was I love it so much. It was wonderful. Yes, it's an incredible film. Mm-hmm. I Cliff is one. It's one of those movies that Cliff is like, I hate this movie, and I'm like, oh, what a beautiful day! Like I just <laughs> I lose my mind. Speaking of our favorite Nicholas Holt, like he's so great in yeah. that movie. <laughs> he is. He's so weird. He's what? so weird. <laughs> so weird. And why do I like that so much? <laughs> no, no, man, so good. Um, yeah. <laughs> I also, speaking of like uh, fantasies from our childhood, this was yeah. one that I watched a million times, even though I, because as a kid, I loved to be scared, even though I was a very, very scary cat. Like I would mm-hmm. watch these scary movies and then stay up all night, like trembling in my, in my bunk bed. Um, but The Last Unicorn was one that I could not stop watching as a kid. And I still love it to this day. And it still scares the crap out of me. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, straight fantasy, you've got everything. You've got medieval wizards in it. You've got a magical unicorn that used to be like a person. Like there's a red bull and some t- a talking butterfly. Like you got all the stuff in this one. Um, <laughs> and this is another one. that's like a really great book, a really scary book, a really great animated series for our mm-hmm. animated film from the eighties. But I think they're also been trying to kick around doing a new version of the last unicorn for a while too. You know what I just thought of is never ending story. Oh my gosh. Yes, man. The eighties with these the dark fantasies, really man. Yeah. yeah. They were onto something. They were onto <laughs> it. Yes. Honorable mention, never ending story one and two. Cause I love never ending story too. Gosh. Yeah. I love Jonathan Brandes. He's so They're cute. Both, yes. All oh, rip. And then let's see my last pick, uh, Academy Award nominated. And hopefully by the time this comes out, uh, winning. Yeah. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh my gosh, um, I hope so. I feel like, cause we, you know, we talked a little bit about super, or, um, superhero films and I think mm-hmm. with everything, everywhere, all at once being sort of superhero, it's like tangentially a superhero film. It's also tangentially fantasy and, and time travel, which mm-hmm. Like, you know, where does time travel fall into this whole thing? Is time travel part of science fiction? Is it part of fantasy? Like, is it just right. like, yeah. where does it go? So I feel like everything, everywhere, all at once sort of takes the tropes and spins it for a modern audience. Yeah. Um, and it's all about, you know, this mom and daughter who are trying to 
come to terms with each other's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, where they're coming from, but then also stop the other person from killing themselves. And so I feel like it's, yeah, it's just such a touching film and you're able to, to explore these really difficult topics through a fantasy element or a fantasy lens. I a hundred percent agree with that. I, I, I also, I was like, does this belong here, but, or doesn't it? But, um, I think what, like having us talk through this and we still have some more wrecks to get to, but I was just thinking like, I think fantasy is kind of just like what people make of it mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, yeah, it's all right. Whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Let's move into some books. So this book, I mean, what? Yeah. 12 years ago. I don't even know. I should look up, but I'm not going to. Um, the Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern, which came out and just took the world by storm. I'm surprised this hasn't been attempted to be made into a movie. I think it's one of those ones that's very hard to adapt. Yeah. But, um, but you know, of course, this is just about a magical circus that just kind of appears. And there are these characters that are in it throughout and they're falling in love or are they like, who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, I just remember that. I mean, also that cover is stunning Beautiful. and just was so arresting. Like you had to pick up that book, but yeah, I mean, if you haven't read the night circus, you know, give yourself a treat. It's Another a audio book too. Oh, good. Yeah. I have not listened really to that. That's, idea. that's good to know. Um, another fantasy, this is like high fantasy meets romance mm. enemies to lovers and dangerous beasts and warring tribes and just all of it, but it's all of heart, it in there. Yeah. A heart of blood and ashes by Milla Vane, who is Mel Jean Brooke. Um, Mel Jean Brooke writes steampunk romance. Like where do we put steampunk in the fantasy? Oh my gosh. It <laughs> it's is like, yeah. Like um, definitely in there. <laughs> but yeah. So first in a series, it's, I think there are three books in that series and um, like that's one too, where like the world building is just like seamlessly built in because, mm-hmm. and it's a thick for a romance, it's a mass market romance. It's a brick of a book. And I will say the second book is easier, but you kind of, you know, easier to get into. I always, I feel like this too. Second books in fantasy series are often, I think better than mm-hmm. the first book because the world has been established yep. in the first book. But anyway, that's a, that's more of a me thing than anything, I think. But yeah, I mean, this is, it's like, if you like, it's kind of like Vikings, but also like Anglo-Saxons and yes. like, you know, so if you're kind of like, if you like Game of Thrones, you would probably really like A Heart of Blood and Ashes by Millivane. My next book series, this I have read, this whole series I have read, is The Kingmaker Chronicles by Amanda Boucher. It started with A Promise of Fire. There's like Greek mythology elements, but also like there's kind of like a band of thieves kind of of a feeling, you know, Mm -hmm. and and it is, it's very epic in scope and there are like quests and, you know, and then there is kind of a chosen one. It's really, and in the love story, I believe does span all three books, but there is a happy ending at the end of the third one. Definitely. Um, and then I wanted to put out some authors that I just have not read because like we have talked about like fantasy books, yeah. not where it's at for us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I know people who I, I trust their opinions, absolutely adore them. But so there's Sarah J. Moss, Jennifer L. Armantrout, and G.A. Aiken, who is Shelley Lornston, whose paranormal romances I love and devour. Those mm-hmm. are great, but I just have not tried her fantasy yet. So yeah. those are my wrecks. 
I love that. Those are yeah. excellent recommendations. Mm-hmm. Well, to add in with Danielle's recommendations, I've got a couple. One is the uh, Rachel Kane's The Great Library series, yeah. which is a alternate world, sort of like remotely futuristic, where um, reading has been banned libraries are burning mm-hmm. and we have library, we have these people who are trying to keep the word, keep, you know, knowledge fresh mm-hmm. and everything and fighting against. So it's got like tons of fantasy elements. You start with ink and bone is the first book. And I think that there's four or five in the series. Okay. So it'll keep you going, but it's um young adult is like older young adult, but still yeah. considered young adult. And then um, this is also one I have not read myself, but book club cannot stop talking about it. <laughs> um, I'm pretty convinced that one of our members of book club is Ruby Dixon because we don't know who she, you know, nobody knows who Ruby Dixon is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the uh, iconic Ice Planet Barbarian series where you just cannot get away from it. Yeah. I, I, it, from what I've heard, it sounds fantastical. Therefore it's on my list of <laughs> fantasies. <laughs> and then um, finally, uh, this is a Texas author, Abigail yeah. Owen. She has a new series, a new series called the Dominion series that uh, is a young adult and it's sounds cool. take this one um the, with the the liar's crown is the first book you've got two twin princesses one who is like the the outward princess the one that's you know everyone knows about and mm-hmm. then the secret princess that fills in her spot occasionally when the princess needs to um have somebody else take her spot for her yeah. um and so she accepts her sister's hand she accepts a proposal in her sister's place with this new evil king mm-hmm. um and has to go and pretend to be her sister and become queen and gets kidnapped and all the stuff. Yeah. There's a little kissing, of course, because it's all, I always want a little romantic elements in my book. So oh, there's always sure. a little yeah. smooching in there as well. Um, Abigail Owens writes every book that's published. She writes everything. She yeah. writes so much. She mm-hmm. writes so many books and has and so her, many pen names. Like so yeah. many. And her covers are so pretty. Like these, mm-hmm. this, this Dominion series covers are just like stunning. Yeah. Like they would just look great yeah. on your bookshelf to have. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Okay. Um, tell me about these games. Oh yes. And then I have a couple of extras, you know, when you're, when you just need something to do on the weekends after reading, um, call this the cliff category. So we've got, (laughs) uh, a couple of board games that I want to recommend. One is my absolute favorite game that we, that we play called Ascension and they have different iterations from just like Ascension Realms Unraveled, which is like their normal one to like brand new ones where you get little mini figures that you can play and and have like essentially like a fantasy version of Risk because you're Mm -hmm. taking over different parts of of this world. Um, But it blends both fantasy tropes into a board game. So if you're thinking like Dungeons and Dragons and all the characters that you would see in that, but you get to just play the, you get to play cards and like build and attack people. And it's very fun. (laughs) Um, And then the other recommendation I have, and this is great because this is book, um, game, movie, like every sort of media tie-in that you can touch with this is the Dragonland series. These are part of the Dungeons and Dragons world. Um, And there's a new activity book that's coming out and new guidebook. And there's also a new tie-in game that uh, takes place. And I will say that one of the characters in it is named Guinevere. So I have to have a shout yeah. out for my namesake. <laughs> for sure. Of course. Yay. Okay. Those that's a lot. We had a lot of wrecks. I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. We took this um, assignment seriously. We really did. We'll be right back with our interview with Jennifer Eastep. 
Today, we are joined by Jennifer Eastep, author of over 40 books, including the romantic fantasy Conquer the Kingdom, which is the epic finale to her Gargoyle King series. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today. To get us started, can you tell us what inspires you as a storyteller? You know, I've always loved stories with a little bit of everything in them, action, adventure, magic, danger, romance. Um, Those are the kinds of stories that I've always loved to read and watch. And those are the kind of stories that I like to write. Stories with, like I said, with a little bit of everything in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely fun. think when I think of Jennifer Eastep, that is absolutely something that comes to mind for me. It's just a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, so as Gwen mentioned, this is the finale. Conquer the Kingdom is the finale to the Gargoyle Queen series. But let's like take it back in scope. Let's like broaden it. Like, how did this series come to you? What were some of your inspirations? And and you know, yeah, just stuff like that. <laughs> Well, the series, it's a set in my Crown of Shards world. Um, and the first trilogy is actually set 16 years before, um, you know, Conquer the Kingdom and the uh, the events of this current trilogy. And um, in the first trilogy, Gemma Ripley, my heroine, is um, a little girl. She's about 12 years old and she survives this royal massacre. Uh, so uh, I was... As I was writing the first series, I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to see how this one really traumatic event shapes Gemma, who she is as a person, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. her desire to protect other people and her kingdom so that this sort of thing never happens again. Mm -hmm. So that was, you know, one of my ideas um, for the Gargoyle Queen series. And I've had a lot of fun, you know, writing Gemma and kind of watching her, you know, come into her own as a character and a person. And I hope readers will be happy with the finale and conquer the kingdom. Well, and Anvari is such a lush and lifelike place and such a beautiful kingdom that you've created. What are the challenges that you face with digging into such a rich world? You know, when you're writing epic fantasy, I know I've read several epic fantasy books in the past where there's so much world building that, Mm -hmm. you know, it can be hard to, you can get lost in the world building and not have a lot of story. Um, So for me, one of the tricky things is always, you know, since it is epic fantasy, I do want to write those lush, lovely, beautiful descriptions and really transport readers to another world. But, you know, you also want to keep the story moving along, too, Mm -hmm. because I feel like another kind of hallmark of epic fantasy is that there's so much plot to get into, you know, like 400 pages. (laughs) So you got to kind of keep the pace moving along, too. Yeah. Do you ever like want to sort of dig into like a 600, 800 page, just single standalone fantasy? Would that be something (laughs) that appeals to you? (laughs) I mean, I think it would be fun to write, but Mm -hmm. um, the editing and like all the constant rereading for the copy edits and the proofread, I would get so sick of the book. Um, I was on, (laughs) I was on a panel gosh, I guess it's been almost two years ago with an epic fantasy author. And he was talking about, I think his books are like almost 300,000 words. (laughs) And I was just like, it would take me six weeks to like, just reread it one time. (laughs) So in in theory, I would love to write something that long, but I just, I don't think I could do it as an author. I think I would get so sick of it by the end. I would Mm -hmm. just be like, give up at some point and be like, okay, I'm done. Like this is the best (laughs) it's going to (laughs) be. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 300,000 words. That's a lot. (laughs) But yeah. So kind of sticking with the right, like kind of talking about writing and crafting conquer the kingdom is the finale of, of this trilogy. So what do you do? Like when you're getting ready to sit down and write it, like, what do you do to prepare knowing you're writing kind of the end of a, of this series? So I am pretty much a total pantser. 
Um, I don't do a lot of plotting or outlining or anything like that before I start writing a book. I just, I kind of sit down and think about my heroine and her magic and start writing. But with a finale um, and the third book in a series, you do have to think about how can I tie up all these storylines for all Mm -hmm. these different characters. Um, So I think about my heroine first because I write in first person. And then, you know, kind of once I have her kind of story arc, I know where it's going and the things that need to happen. Then I start thinking about how I can tie in her story arc with some of the other characters um, like Leo, the love interest. You know, they have a they have a story arc together and conquer the kingdom. And then you have, you know, smaller story arcs for the side characters like Reiko, her friend um, and some of the other characters, uh, probably one of my favorite story arcs in Conquer the Kingdom was for Maven Morricone, who has kind of been the villain uh, in my Crown mm-hmm. of Shards world. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really fun for me to kind of kind of reveal what her master plan has been and why she's done so many of the things that she's done. So I, I think it all came together pretty nicely at the end, but we will see what readers say. you know being a pantser but then also writing series like that just has to be like in the back of your head always as every book kind of thinking about well how am I going to wrap all of this up at the end you know I do and I'll often find when I'm writing the book say if I'm writing book one in a series I'll have a thought or there'll be a fight scene or something will occur to me I'll be like this would be a really good idea to explore in book two yeah. Um, so I feel like I'm thinking about the books all the time, even mm-hmm. if I'm not like plotting or outlining or doing, you know, a lot of, I guess, formal writer work on the book, if you want to say it that way. <laughs> well, Jennifer, one of the things that we ask every guest that comes to visit us and chat with us is about what has been bringing you comfort lately. And this can be anything from like a tasty snack to like a new cozy blanket or to a vacation that you're planning. What has been bringing you some comfort lately? Well, I mentioned before, you know, how much I have to reread my own books. Um, so sometimes at the very end of the day, the last thing that I want to do is read a book for fun. Right. Um, but I will say, so a lot of the times I, I tend to watch too much TV, <laughs> as we all do. Yeah, yeah exactly. As we, as we all have for the last several years at home. Um, I will say one of my favorite shows right now is Ghosts on CBS. Uh, And it's just a warm, funny, quirky show. It has a lot of humor, but it has a lot of heart, too. So that's something that's definitely it always brings a smile to my face when there's a new episode to watch. So that's something that's definitely been comforting me right now. Yeah, Ghosts is so good. Awesome. Well, yeah. So like, as we have mentioned, Conquer the Kingdom is your latest book. It is out on March 7th. Can you tell us what readers can expect from you next? So I have several um, indie projects coming up this year. On May 9th, I am releasing Heart Stings, which is a novella in my Elemental Assassin series. It's from one of the secondary characters' point of view. It was previously in in an anthology, and I'm re-releasing it as a standalone novella. And then um, probably the thing that I'm most excited about this year is Only Good Enemies, which is book two in my Galactic Bonds uh, sci-fi fantasy romance series. And that'll be out on July 18th. And then I am also working on Spider and Frost, which is a crossover novella between my Elemental Assassin and Mythos Academy series. And that'll be out in September. Oh my gosh. It's so cool that you have like essentially all these franchises that you yeah. can just blend together <laughs> and be like, I'm going to make super books, super series. I love it. 
Well, Jennifer, before we say goodbye to you, where can readers find you online? Readers can always visit my website. It's www.jenniferestep.com. I'm also pretty active on social media. People can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And then um, to get um, email alerts for new releases and things like that, people can follow me on Amazon, BookBub, and Goodreads. And then I also have an email newsletter that people can sign up for on my website. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, Jennifer Estep, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We really appreciate your time. Thank you guys for having me. Thank I really you. appreciate it. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. I mean, what do you even say about Jennifer? (laughs) She's been around forever, which is amazing. She's had such a long career and she like knows her stuff when it comes to fantasy. It's really cool. I can't imagine having over 40 books like she does. And they're all like these incredibly intricate, detailed, complex worlds and like really good like love stories. Like she's just, Mm -hmm. she hits all the boxes for me. Yeah. And she's a panster. And she's a panster. I know. Which makes like, just make no it sense. Like, oh. Yeah. I'm like, I can't. Nope. That mm-hmm. like gives me hives. So mm-hmm. more power to her. No. Um, all right. Let's talk about our goals. Last time you wanted to drink more water. Yes. Let I go. did want to drink more water and it did, it did go very well. And mostly cause I got sick and I had to drink water, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> but that helped. And um, I, I would say I did accomplish my goal drinking more and I'm going to continue to drink more water. What is your new goal? My new goal, um, is to clean out my desk drawers, uh, of all my desks that I'm currently sitting at because Cliff and I are, as I mentioned, are at the top of the, at the top of the podcast that we are planning a move from our apartment to a house. So I have to downsize a lot of my stuff. And a lot of these things are stuff I brought for us from Texas that I don't think I need anymore. Yeah. Um, so, you know, nice natural. And if we hadn't decided to move anyway, I was going to force us to do a big spring clean. So this is just, this is just has to happen anyway. Awesome. Yeah. What about you? So last time my goal was to finish the past pages for accidentally in love, which is my book coming out on August 8th. Mm -hmm. And yes, they are done. They are turned in the next step, you know, between now and August is a book. (laughs) I don't know what happens in like those five months, but some sort of magic happens and Mm -hmm. there's a book on bookshelf store or in bookstores. So yeah, that's, I mean, it's like, it's done. I don't have to think about it until I have to start promoting it. So I'm so excited. That's fine. And then my new goal is to write 15,000 words every week, which is roughly 2100 ish words a day. Okay. And I've done this for the last two weeks. So I think I just, I just really want to keep on that schedule. I do feel like I'm ignoring my family a bit, but they will survive. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, it's more like just like getting into that writing groove and just making sure I'm writing. Yeah. I'm like, I definitely am not like usually one of those, you have to write every day type of writers. But sometimes when you're in like the thick of drafting something new, you just, you do kind of need to sit down and like that routine. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. nice thing too is like by doing it every single day and getting mm-hmm. used, to, you know, doing it regularly, like you are yeah. eventually in a few weeks that writing those 2100 words is going to be like not, it's not, it's going to take you a fraction as long to do yes, it. And exactly. So their, your family will have you, you back in no time. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs>
Awesome. Yeah. These are good goals. Um, goals. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about what is bringing us comfort and joy. Gwen, what is yours? Okay. So I am a there is, I have, this is again, we always have a nice little tangent, a little, a little yeah. aside for this, but, yes. um, I'm very excited because, uh, my husband Cliff, he's a, he is a semi-professional poker player. He goes every single summer to Vegas for a couple of weeks and, and, uh, does different poker tournaments and he's very Whoa. good and I'm very proud of him. And I've never had a chance to go with him to Vegas when he's gone because like we either have, like we were taking care of our dogs or I was working or hmm. like it's hot and I don't want to go to Vegas in the middle of summer. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I have gotten into it because the YouTube algorithm is strong. Yes. I have gotten into watching Vegas tourism videos and I've been <laughs> like obsessively watching these for weeks on end every single like <laughs> at the end of the day I get on like we watch our regular shows and we get on YouTube and I'm like okay what what cooking show am I going to watch on YouTube and what new tour of whatever Paris or Venetia Venetian oh my gosh that's so what, you know whatever thing on the strip so I'm obsessed with these Vegas tourism YouTube videos <laughs> and now because of that I'm going to Vegas for a week with Yay. Cliff and I'm like hitting up all these places and I'm very, very excited. That's going to be so fun. Yes. So that is my oh. comfort at the end of yeah. the day. And they're short too. Like that's the great thing yeah. about them because it's YouTube. So they're like five minutes long, 10, 15 minutes long. And you get to like watch a lady show you where all the nice things are and the speakeasies yeah. are at the restaurant. So I'm Seriously. like, I love it. It's very fun. Awesome. Yeah. But what about you? Um. So you know, I mentioned earlier that like, I've been like seeing, I've like had things to do and, Mm -hmm. but I also, because I have also been, I've been writing so much, I've not had time to like do my usual baking. Yeah. So it has turned into just like running into whatever grocery store is on and like en route to where I'm going or closest to my house and just like buying, going to their bakeries and buying cookies, like grocery store bakery cookies delicious. Um, so good. Do you have a, yeah. like, yeah, tell me what your favorite one. I mean, I so always far. stick to like, um, chocolate, any chocolate chip, any you chocolate know, chip. just like straightforward chocolate chip, but like our Walmart bakery had these like M&M cookies that were just, I don't know what was in them that made them taste so good, but they were great. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know, like we have jewel, which is Albertsons for like kind of the rest of the country, but we call it jewel. And like their their bakeries are really great. I think they had like a like a white chocolate macadamia that was oh really gosh. good. Yum. And yeah, and I'm trying to. There was one other. I had like a red velvet white chocolate chip cookie, and I'm like blanking on where I got it from. But yeah, like grocery store bakery cookies. Like I agree. Treat yourself. And now I'm like, oh, I'm gonna give you uh un- unsuggested advice. Okay, so uh, <laughs> okay, here I have a question for you. Do you have a Kroger yeah. or a Fred Meyer up there where you guys are? There are no or Market there Street. No, no. Okay. there so. are Kroger's like not where I am, but they are around. Oh, okay, okay. They're just yeah. not in like the western suburbs of Illinois. <laughs> oh, man, I was gonna say I they're know. they're baked. They're little. They have these like muffin cookies mm. that are just like mm. incredible. Okay, incredible. So you have to, a- yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Love it. Great. Yeah. Well, now I'm hungry. So I know I'm like, now I got to go get cookies. <laughs> yeah. It's still sure. early for me. So I'm like, I'm going to go get some donuts this morning. Oh, donuts. Yes. Okay. Well, everyone, it is the end of the show. Um, as always, please follow us on all the socials that you can follow Fresh Fiction at Fresh Fiction. You can follow me at D Jackson Books and Gwen, where can they find you? You can find me at Real Vixen. 
Yes. Um, please email us and tell us what you think about fantasy. Were we wrong? We were probably wrong. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but you can email us um, at podcast at freshfiction.com. And please subscribe, follow, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. It really helps people find it. And we will be back soon with another digression filled episode. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.